Hey, I want to welcome you, every person at our Lancaster campus. Can we put together, put our hands together for our Lancaster family? Come on, Lancaster, make some noise online, watching this at another time. Man, I think we should give it up for our band and our creative folks. Come on, they treating us this Halloween. It's pretty awesome. Boy, there's a lot of people dressed up today. If you're dressed up on either of our campuses, would you stand up to your feet? If you put all that time into a costume, we want to recognize you. Come on, look at it. Come on, stand up. And we just want to, great job. I got my pastor costume on today. So, preacher costume, ready to go. Man, are you ready for Halloween? Yeah? Yeah? That, see, that, that's what you always get in a church. Because you get that nervous kind of like, Halloween! Like, like it's depending on how you grew up. Let me, let me just say, if you're brand new to church, maybe you've been around, you're like, I love Halloween. Can I just let you in a little secret? This is a really nervous time for a lot of Christians, okay? Depending on how you grew up. Like, let me just say this. Um, I did not grow up trick-or-treating. How many of you grew up and you were like told that Halloween is Devil's Day and you do not participate? Okay, great. Just a, that's a good number, right? That's the way I grew up. Uh, I did not dress up. I didn't wear costumes. I didn't wear a mask. In fact, I just want you to know this little fact you probably don't know about me. I have never been trick-or-treating ever in my life. So you can feel bad for me. I, I, uh, it's not something we did. Like, I, I grew up and I went to a church where it was... It was pretty much considered the devil's day, okay? In fact, my wife reminded me this past week how she used to be able to trick-or-treat until her family joined our church years ago, and then they couldn't trick-or-treat anymore. She wasn't the least bit salty about it. And uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't trick-or-treat because I was told it was the devil's day. Um, it's that one day of year, All Hallows' Eve, where... where um, Devil worshipers kind of just get together, have ceremonies, um, probably sacrifice a few pets. You know what I mean? I heard that dogs and animals. So it's like, make sure to keep your dog inside on Halloween. Somebody going to steal it. And, and in some of the really, really wicked places, it would, they would not just offer up your dog or your cat, but maybe even small children. So I was like, don't go trick or treat. All right, mom, that's fine. I won't like, you know, scared to death. I, I, I never did, and, and my wife, we didn't, and it was fine. We got older. It's like, no big deal, right? And, and then all of a sudden, we moved into this neighborhood where Halloween was a big deal, and we started having kids. And, and so, you know, we had to kind of make a decision, like, what kind of, what were we going to do, you know? And because it, when I grew up, like, when it came to the neighborhood thing, listen, uh, we did not participate. It used to be, and I don't think this is as true anymore, but it used to be that if your lights were on, it meant, come on up, we love you, and we're going to give you candy. If your lights were off, it meant, stay away, we love Jesus. <laughs> it get awkward in here for just a moment. Like, can we just, can we just think about that for just a second, right? We love Jesus. Don't come near us. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to. I'm not going to participate. And so it was hard. We kind of wrestled through this. And we didn't just turn the outside lights off. We turned the inside lights off. We hid like under the couch. Shh, don't let anybody know we're home, you know. And, uh, and, then, and then as we got older and we started having kids, um, we, we kind of just started to feel like, wait a minute. I don't think all of our neighbor's friends are devil worshipers. And there's kids that come to our, like little princess. And then there's a little pumpkin that came to our door and they're so cute and adorable. And so we, we just decided let's engage with our neighbors. Okay. And so we started handing out candy and you know what? 
it was so crazy because I didn't feel like evil inside. We're giving out candy. And, and then when we had our little kids, we were like, come on, can we let's dress them up into something cute. And so we started putting them in little hot dog outfits and princess outfits and all this stuff. And you know what? Neither of them worshiped the devil today. So I feel like it was like, okay, I've been duped this whole time. And, uh, and so I, I didn't get to dress up. Maybe, maybe you didn't either. But, but there is something about dressing up that's kind of cool. There's something about putting on a costume, putting on a mask, and pretending to be someone else, right? And that's what maybe makes Halloween kind of a fun time. Maybe it's not the evil pagan rituals that were often behind it a thousand years ago for you, but it's, it's fun to pretend to be somebody else, at least for a moment, right? I think we, we tend to wear masks to, to kind of, you know, pretend to be someone else. What we've been talking about this entire past month, if you're new, is we've been talking about how Halloween is not the only day in which we wear masks. Like, I, I know we don't maybe put on certain masks, but if we're honest, most of us recognize that we tend to wear masks almost every day of the year. Like, like here's a couple reasons why I think we sometimes wear masks. And I'm not talking about you're wearing you know, the ghost face mask. I'm talking about the person you pretend to be. And I think sometimes we wear masks for two basic reasons, for protection and projection. So in other words, we, we wear a mask because we, we're protecting something. Maybe you've been hurt, you know, maybe you've been scarred. Maybe, maybe you, you know, there's a, you put on this face so that other people don't see kind of the pain that you live with every day. It's a, it's a way of protecting ourselves. And sometimes it's a way of, of projecting because I, I want to be somebody that you like. And so I'll put on a mask or a costume and I'll pretend to be someone. And, and we live life this way and I think we think it's normal. It's normal. But I don't think it's that fun. I think honestly, day after day, having to live to a certain standard to impress people, to live kind of in this way where I just think it's exhausting. And the, and the truth is, so very few of us are actually authentic anymore. Because we're all pretending to be somebody else every day. So very few of us are really who God created us to be. And, and so we're just talking about how do we drop the mask? How do, how do we drop it? You know, uh, this might kind of seem out of left field. You might think this is no way this is true. But did you know that Jesus actually said something about wearing masks? No, I know. This might be a shock. You're like, I've read the Bible. No, no, no. Jesus actually did. He would address this concept, this idea of living, wearing a mask. And, and how it's kind of, it's just so, it's, there's no freedom in it. And so Jesus, one time, he talked about it. I want to show you this, this, uh, this narrative. If you've got a Bible with you, New Testament, I, I want you to open to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, I want to read to you something that this guy Luke wrote that happened. Let me give you a little bit of context before I read this, because there's nothing worse than jumping into the middle of a movie or middle of a story, and you have no idea what was going on. Uh, in Luke chapter 11, Luke records that Jesus had just finished going to a Halloween party. Now, some of you don't believe me, but go read it, okay? In, in Luke chapter 11, it tells us in the narrative, Luke writes that Jesus was invited over to the home of a prominent Pharisee for a dinner party. It was a Halloween party. Why do I say that? Because when Jesus shows up at this party, he sees all of these religious guys walking around wearing costumes and wearing a mask, so to speak. 
He sees all these religious people and they look good on the outside. See, the religious leaders then, they would wear these robes and had these tassels and they, they, would, like, they would pray these prayers. And, they, and it looked really good on the surface, but Jesus would always see beyond the mask. And so Jesus looked at them and he finally couldn't handle it anymore. And he had to deal with them being phony. Okay, they were phony, phony Pharisees. And so he looks at them and he says, you all are like a dirty cup that went through the dishwasher but didn't get clean. Have you ever had this happen? I just, I'm putting in today's vernacular, okay? But have you ever like, you get done running the dishwasher and you pull it out and the cup looks really clean on the outside, then you look inside and you're like, oh, what's growing in there? Jesus said that about the Pharisees. He said, you look good on the outside, but inside, oh, that is gross. Or, or he even used some Halloween language. He was like, you all look like um, whitewashed tombs this gray thing that fit the, the party, you know? He was like, you, you guys, on the outside, the tombs look clean. There's not a bunch of bird crap on it. They'd be cleaned off. But really what you are is what's inside the ground, which is a bunch of dead bones. Now, this is shocking. He said this to him. He said, listen, on the outside, you look holy, but on the inside, you're wicked and greedy. Pretty harsh. And he dropped the mic and he left the party. And as soon as he left the party, that's where we, Luke tells us that he went outside and a huge crowd gathered around. And that's where we are, Luke, Luke 12. Now, I'm going to read this in a little bit different translation than maybe you have. Um, I don't know if you heard the news this past week, but somebody who's kind of a legendary scholar and uh, just leader, uh, Eugene Peterson, passed away. And uh, he, he's a guy that um, he actually knew the original languages that Luke wrote in and other people documented the things that happened. And he, he actually wrote a version that he was hoping that those of us like you and me today would want to read. Uh, it's a paraphrase. It was called The Message. He's the guy that wrote it. He translated into it. And so, and so I want to read to you from just, you know, his version of it because I, I love the way he tells what Jesus said. It says in Luke 12, 1 through 3, by this time, the crowd unwieldy and stepping on each other's toes numbered into the thousands a massive crowd gathers around jesus it says but jesus's primary concern was his disciples they had just left this party and he said to them watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with pharisee yeast and then he translates that for us pharisee phoniness but you never thought you'd find that word in there phoniness uh, in some translations say hypocrisy. He says this, you, can, you can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. I like how he says this. You can't hide behind a religious, what everybody say, a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day's coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. So here's this setting where the disciples are there in this huge crowd. Jesus just got done ripping the Pharisees. And Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, Hey, you all, okay, we just got out of the party. Watch yourselves that you don't get contaminated like they did. Okay. And, and he says, watch out for the Pharisee yeast. Now, what was he talking about? He wasn't talking about the, the little single-celled organisms we use to cause bread to rise or fermentation. What he was talking about was their teachings and the things they would say. 
He said, watch out because they say great things and they love to pray long, lengthy prayer. Oh, thus Father in heaven. They love to sound super religious when you talk to them. But inside, they're actually wicked and greedy. They're phony. They're hypocrites. They're always wearing a mask. They're wearing a mask. So they, they wore masks to kind of project somebody that they really weren't on the inside. Now, that was what the Pharisees did. I got a question for you. Do you ever wear a mask to project somebody that you want others to believe in or see that isn't really lining up with who you are on the inside? So, so you don't have to answer that because I know the answer is yes, because I do and you do. We all, we all wear masks. Now, you might not wear the religious mask, but, but we all wear masks from time to time. In fact, I, I brought a few just to talk about some of the masks that I think a lot of times we wear. Here's a mask that I know we all put on. From time to time. You know, the emoji mask, the everything's good. Life is good and I'm happy. Oh my gosh, we have the best life in the world. I got the best family, I got the best job, I got the best kids, I got the best, oh, my life is so good. And we'll put on this smiley face for everybody we see at work and everybody at school and everybody at church and we want everybody to think my life is perfect. But inside it's not. And we don't want anybody to see what's really inside. We don't let people in as we talked about last week. We're never vulnerable. We always portray, project something. We portray to be somebody that we're not. Why? Because we don't like who we are. We don't want you to see the real me that's broken and hurting. And so, and so sometimes we just wear this mask all day, every day. I'm good. Life's good. We're good. Maybe that's a mask you wear. Or this one. This is a mask that, honestly, I, uh, I wore a lot in school. I, I wore this mask a lot. <sighs> I feel like a stormtrooper. The stormtrooper mask. You, you know, it's the mask that you wear when you want to fit in. When you want to look like everybody else. Even though you're different and you're different because God made you different. And you're beautiful in the way that God made you. The, the truth is that as we look at everybody else and we measure ourselves against everybody else. We, we tend to not feel good enough. And so what we do is we try to blend in. I become a chameleon in my environment. I did this a lot in high school. It, it only takes one moment where somebody makes fun of you because of the shoes you wear, the clothes you wear, the car you ride in, the house that you have, the money that you don't have, that all of a sudden we slip on this mask so that everybody will think, no, 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 I have this stuff. And I, I remember when I was in school saving all of my money because I wanted to own a pair of Air Jordans because if you didn't have a pair, see, we had cheap, we had these shoes with like kangaroos on them instead of a swoosh and it was embarrassing and I got made fun of. And so I just wanted to do anything I could to fit in. And so I would, I would conceal my real identity so that I could look like everybody else. And I'm not really sure that I ever stopped doing that. Because the environment changed, I got older, but I, I still find myself putting on this, this mask. Or, or here's another one, this is, maybe this is you at times. <laughs> the hero mask, I'm Batman. Is it sometimes, are, are you that person 
that, that you try to be everyone's hero, right? I could be your hero, baby. I, I, I want to be your... I'm not singing Enrique Iglesias, okay? I'm just saying... I know you always want me to sing and rap, but I'm not going to. Just... Are you that person that, that you always feel like you have to be the hero? That you've got to solve everything? You, you want to be that person? Oftentimes, the reason why we wear a hero mask around is because we don't really have a lot of self-worth and value, but I want to get it from you. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes so that you see me as the hero. And here's one of the ways we do this all the time. We say yes to everything. You're the person that you can't ever say no. you got to say yes because you want that person to like you. You want that person to think something higher about you than really you feel about yourself. And so we slip on the hero mask and we go around where sometimes we don't want people to know about our past. And so we, we put on this hero mask to look like, no, 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 like I, I'm your hero. And listen, I think sometimes, to be honest, guys, we, we wear this mask a lot. I think husbands, fathers, men, we, we want to be the hero. And so we're always trying to solve everybody's problems when most of the time your kids and your wife don't want you to solve their problem. They just want somebody to listen to them. But no, I'm going to solve your problem because I want you to adore me. I want you to look up to me. I want you to come to me so I can be your savior. So we're going around trying to be everybody's savior, trying to hold it all together, trying to maybe... maybe you tend to wear the hero mask. Or, or here's a mask that I think a lot of us wear when we get a little bit older. <laughs> this is not a political statement. <laughs> but I think about, when I think about Donald Trump, even before he became president, I think that he was kind of a symbol that represented power, success, and wealth. And I think a lot of times as we get older, we, we start to think, I, I want everybody to think I'm successful. And so we will throw ourselves, maybe some of you have spent so much of your life throwing yourself into your career. You, you spent so much of your life trying to put on this show, pretending that you have money when you feel like you really don't. And you're go further into debt and we buy new cars to impress people, we buy bigger houses to impress people with money we don't have, with people that don't even really care about us, but we just want to be successful. And what matters is our title, what matters is how far in our income we've gone, what matters to us is that we feel successful and a lot of us, we are striving after something that we cannot catch. But we wear this mask. We think I... I just want to get to that place where I'm happy. And, 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 and we think it'll happen through money and success, and then a lot of times it doesn't. Or maybe here's a mask. I actually wore this one a lot when I was in school, too. Are any of you afraid of clowns? I guess I should have asked first. This is the clown mask. This is that mask that we wear when, when we want to make other people laugh. This is the mask. I wore this a lot when I was in school. This is where you learn to perform for people. You, you do whatever it takes to get 
people to like you. And so I, I, I did this when I was in high school. I, I tried to become the class clown. In fact, one of the reasons why a lot of times I did this, and I bet some of you probably have found in your life that you would be a clown and you're going to do crazy things and do stuff to get people to laugh, is because you got made fun of. So you just decided that if you made fun of yourself, you could beat other people to it. And, and, and so I, I learned to perform. I learned to kind of put on a show. I learned to kind of be the life of the party. I learned that, you know, I was just going to be funny. And, I, and, and then you know what I would do as a class clown? Is that sometimes I would even make jokes at other people's expense so that I would look better. I just want to laugh. Anything I can do to perform and get you to look at me and see something in me and seeking approval and validation. And so you probably have nightmares after today. Sorry. The clown mask. Or here's, here's another one that uh, my wife told me not to wear, but. <laughs> I call this one sex appeal. This is a mask that we wear at times when we want to portray someone that we think you want to see, someone that's sexier than... And so, so a lot of times what, what we do is that we, we wear things, especially ladies that are a little provocative, skirts that are a little too short, tops that are a little too tight and hang down. We, we sometimes like, you know, I, we put out there the sex appeal version of ourselves because we want you to like us. We want, I want you to look at me. In fact, a lot of times the reason why we do this is because maybe when you were younger, there was nobody that said you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're perfect the way you are. And so we've just been striving for it. And we're trying to find it in love. We're trying to find it in likes. We're trying to, we crave comments. We need affirmation. We need someone to think. So I'll just put myself out there so you... You'll like me. I'll post these pictures of myself on social media. I'll Snapchat these pictures to my boyfriend so that he'll want me, so he'll like me. And, and we portray a version of ourselves that we, we hope you'll think I'm sexy and I'm beautiful. Listen, it's not just ladies. Guys do the same thing. That's when we go to the gym and it's, ladies might show off their breasts. Guys will show off our biceps and we'll, you know, I'm going to wear these tight workout shirts and, you know, a little, little video of me pumping some iron. Look at the arms. Arm day. So just killed me. Just killed me arm day, you know. And all it is is I just, same thing. I just want you to, to like me, to look at me, to approve me. To, I, need, I need your affirmation. And so a lot of times what happens is it begins by the way we dress and the things that we put out there. But what it ends up resulting is we lower our standards and we end up doing things with our bodies that we wouldn't normally do, but we do it because we're craving something that we don't feel like we have. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's a mask you wear. Or oh, this one's my favorite mask. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. You know what this mask represents? This mask represents the thing that we turn to because of the pain in our life to comfort us. We turn to food, you know, because, because we're hurting so badly inside. And we overeat. 
and, and we do things that, that are not healthy. And sometimes it's food. For some of us, it's food. For others, it's wine. It, it, I started off with a glass of wine, and it was great. And then, but 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 I, I had so much stress, and so then maybe you start having more than one or two or three, four a day, and then that's not enough. But the stress starts the moment you wake up, and so you actually need something in the morning before you go to work. And then all of a sudden, you just it turns into an addiction. This is an addiction that a lot of times ends up replacing, ends up be something that we, we don't even want, but we turn to because we're in so much pain and we're just trying to numb what's on the inside. We don't, we don't realize something as simple as food or, or a drink or a, or a drag or sex or pornography. It's something that we turn to, to to fill a void that we have on the inside, and so I don't I don't know. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe all of these masks are things that you've worn in your life. I can certainly say masks that I've worn in my life, and you know what? Sometimes it's not just one mask, but sometimes we put this on with certain people so that they don't ask questions. We put this on depending on the environment we go to. Sometimes we wear a lot of these different masks. I'm going to be successful and powerful. You know, I want you to laugh at me. And so we'll, we'll, we'll wear mask after mask. And, and we wear all these masks. You know why? Why, why? why we wear these masks? We wear these masks because of what we're feeling on the inside. We wear these masks because of what we think we're projecting to everyone else. And what's on the inside is we're feeling shame because of things that we've done or have happened to us. Because of pain that we've lived in or are living in. Because of our past and all the decisions we've made that we're embarrassed about. Or because of fear that we have in our lives. We put on masks so that you can't really see the real me. And oftentimes it's because I don't like the real me that I see. We don't want other people to see something in us that we don't like in ourselves. And so we put on a mask. And we're going through life, maybe all of us. And we're not authentic and we're not real with people and our relationships aren't real. And I'm just telling you, if Jesus were here today, he would say that is not the kind of life God intended you to have. That's not what he wants us to have. So we'll wear masks, we'll wear masks with other people. And you know what I found? We'll often also wear a mask with God. Because I don't like the way I feel and see the way I look. I, I think I should do something to, to maybe get God to see me in a different light. Do you know that whenever you do things to try to please God from, from a heart of, God, will you just, will you accept me? Or God, I messed up. Whenever you do things in an attempt like that, it's called religion. So that's the difference. Christianity is not about religion. It's, I know people might claim it's a religion. It's actually about a relationship with God through Jesus. But whenever you do those things to try to get God's attention, when you do those things to get God, God, would you just kind of make my life better? It, it is a mask of religion and maybe the most dangerous and deceptive mask that many people within the church are wearing is the mask of religion. Jesus would, would maybe, I, I hope not, but walk out of church services today at, just like he'd sat in the Pharisee's house and he'd say, there's some phony people in there. They look good on the outside. They dress a certain way. They talk a certain way. But really what's inside their life is a mess. So we wear masks. Sometimes we wear masks with God. You, you know how we wear a mask with God? We, we say, well, well, come on, God. I went to church twice this month. Aren't you going to do something good for me? 
Yeah, I know I messed up and I hurt and I broke them and I, I know I did that, but, 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 but God, if I give a little bit to this church or charity, would that make it, would that balance it out? I prayed a prayer when I was young. Oh, come on, am I good? I mean, I prayed a prayer, right? Like we're good, right? And we totally miss it. We totally miss it. We're wearing a mask of religion. It's phoniness. Jesus said, drop the mask. We've got to drop the mask. I think the problem is it's many of us don't know how to drop the mask. How do we drop this mask? I, I want to I read something to you that I think will, will help. There's, there's a guy that lived the same time Jesus walked this earth. His name was Paul. And, and Paul shared something that it's kind of fascinating. You, you know this guy, Paul, that I talk about? Uh, he was somebody that was one of those Pharisees that Jesus would have referred to. He was somebody who wore a religious mask. And this guy, Paul, he... Uh, he one day had an encounter with Jesus after he had risen from the dead. Okay, this is a guy who wrote these things down because it changed his life. He was on the way to actually, he didn't like, if you don't like Christians, he hated Christians. And then all of a sudden he had a face-to-face -face experience with this Jesus who had come back from the dead. No mask. And it changed him. It changed him. And I want you to hear what he, what he said because in 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. I think Paul gives us some insight in how, to, how we can drop the mask. He said in verse 16, he says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord. I want to repeat that sentence because it's so important. I need you to hear this today. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil or the mask that we wear is taken away. He says, for the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what, church? Say it out loud. There is freedom. Where, where the Lord is, there's freedom. He says, so all of us who have had that veil removed, Paul was wearing a mask until he met Jesus and it was removed. He said, all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Paul says, if you want to know the key, if you want to know what it is that can help you drop the mask, because you see, I, I found this in my life to be true. I can't drop the mask on my own. I just keep going from mask to mask to mask in my life because I'm trying to deal with something on the inside that I can't address on my own. You can't address it on your own. What you need is you need the help of God. You need it through Jesus Christ and what he did. And the reason why when you turn by faith to the Lord, to Jesus, you don't need the mask is because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. When Jesus took the penalty and the payment for your sin and my sin upon his body on the cross, he removed any reason you have for wearing a mask between you and God. You don't need to. But I need God to forgive me and I've messed up and I need God's grace. And I, yeah, I know. But listen, you can't do things to earn that. Jesus did. And so all you have to do is turn to him. Well, I need all my questions answered. No, you don't. I've got questions that haven't been answered. 
But something happens when by faith we turn from our life and the direction we're going toward the Lord. Listen, some of you are waiting for God to show up and do something, give you a sign. And I'm telling you, it doesn't work that way. What you have to do is you turn to him by faith. And that's when the mask can be removed. And that is when you encounter the spirit of God. And there, in that place, that's freedom in your life. And we can experience that freedom. But you got to turn. You got to turn to him. I believe that today maybe that God by his spirit is, is really drawing many of you to say, it's time to turn to him. It's time to, to stop pretending that we're one way with God and, and just let, let God do his thing in you. And when you do that, listen, no longer are you wearing a mask to reflect what you hope people see, but he will change you on the inside and you will begin to reflect him to everyone that you see. I want to ask if both our campuses, if you would just bow your heads and just pray with me for a moment. I, I really believe the Spirit of the Lord is here and there is freedom. Some of you came to church today. Someone invited you, but you never realized that you would encounter God in the way that you have in this moment. He wants to bring freedom into your life. He wants to do something in your life, life-changing, but you gotta turn to him. I wanna give you an opportunity in this moment to respond, to respond. What, what does that look like? What does that mean? It means coming to a place of realization that I don't wanna be phony, I don't wanna be fake. Stop trying to pretend for everybody else in the room. It's just you and God in this moment. What would it look like for you to turn to him? turn away from the things you've held on to your life your decisions addictions the image the reputation what does it look like for you to turn to him today i believe that god in his spirit is speaking to many of you today saying this is a moment a moment that he wants you to turn to him father i pray right now that god you would give us the faith that we need to turn to you God, I pray that we could just be authentic with you and say that we're, we're lost without you. We need a Savior today. We need this. We pray, God, that your presence would do something here in us today. In Jesus' name.